Hello and welcome to the Where We Left Off podcast. I'm your host, Austin Gall, here with my co-host, Tommy Hanlon. The two of us have been working together for more than 10 years in the music industry, from managing a DIY venue to traveling the Midwest throwing parties. We've met some pretty interesting people along the way. This podcast is dedicated to conversations with artists and road dogs we have formed friendships with and see time and time again. We pick up where we left off. Tom, what's up, dude? It's been a while. I feel like I haven't spoke to you in like ages, but it's only been like a week in all reality. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a, a lot has happened this week. Uh, got my vaccine and all that and got some good news on the horizon that I can't speak of yet. But yeah, it's it's been a good week. It feels like things are actually moving again for once, which feels very good. <laughs> I'll take credit for your vaccine because I actually made your appointment for you because I yes, he did. Dad, he did. So. I was so lazy with the like, not lazy, but I tried a couple of times to get on and it's just like, I do not want to do this again. Like I got rejected like three times, like we're out of vaccines at this location. I was just like, this is stupid. So Austin yeah, luckily dude, is an amazing yeah. human. And I'm, and I'm kind of like up. a wizard, even though I don't live there anymore. I just, I've helped like seven people like get like signed up for like vaccination appointments. I feel, I feel like feel good personally i'm gonna brag about it because it makes me feel good but getting everybody their 5g man you're doing god's work (laughs) (laughs) all right well moving beyond our normal COVID talk we got a guest today travis riley of this is hell at private hell clothing and warner music group he's a a product manager at warner music group and i don't know what the hell that means but we're gonna we're gonna figure out but uh (laughs) you don't know who warner music group is um you know it's a major label conglomerate uh, divisions ranged from Atlantic Records to Warner Records to Lecture Records. The list goes on and on. I met Travis back in 2010. This is how played the Commons, the DIY venue that me and Tommy uh, opened together. Uh, I think they were just on a solo headliner, but I picked up the show. I met Travis. They played with some local bands. Uh, we've kind of loosely kept in touch since then. So I thought it'd be fun to bring on somebody that Tommy didn't know so we could, so we could have a, a, a little bit better of a conversation this week. But um yeah, Travis, let's welcome him in. How are you doing, man? It's been a long time. I think we were just lamenting before the before we pressed record. Yeah. It's been literally 10 years. Dude, I, I feel like I say literally 10 years on this podcast all the time because I haven't seen <laughs> some of these people in fucking 10 years. It's crazy. How are you, man? Good to hear good to see you. I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. And nice to meet you, Tommy. Um, what it, it, did we really only meet in 2010? I thought we met earlier than that, but I guess my memory is not. Yeah, no, I do. I don't think we did. I, I, I was trying to pinpoint it today, too, because I felt like I had met you. I don't know where I, I would have met you, though. I find it hard to believe that we started touring in 2004 and only played Omaha for the first time in like 2010. Well, you, you, know, you guys did play. I did my research today. You guys did play Omaha. You played with uh, that band Alicia and Ruiner and that soldier to soldiers tour. Hit OK, Omaha. yeah. Okay, I don't. That, I didn't meet you that day, so that's who, like who who booked it then? Oh, dude, I was like 16 when that happened, so that was definitely not uh, me. Yeah, I, I was um, like 40. Um, yeah. that, that was in that was in 2007. Uh, not uh, no. seven or eight, maybe right? Seven. Uh, fuck. yeah. It, it was our it was our headliner for our Misfortunes album that yeah. came out in 2008. I dude. think. Yeah, and we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that. Do, do a little research, Travis. Um, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's okay. We'll talk about it later. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it was 2008. But dude, that was—it's like a landmark show in my mind because we were all obsessed with that Alicia band at the time. Like, yeah, every, everybody was. <laughs> yeah, it was you know, and then they like 180'd on like their like deathcore like vibe, and then went and then to, put like, out a really really good record. At, like, yeah, 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 it was really dope. But like, we all went to that show like thinking, oh yeah, they're gonna play like shit off that 
that like Deathcore MySpace like release they had. Oh yeah, like, I think I think the new album was was out on that tour. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Or yeah. if, if not, like they they record like I definitely like remember hearing it on that tour. Whether yeah. they like gave us oh you know what actually I, I feel like they I want to say that they, that they because they recorded with Kurt Ballou. Yeah, and I want to say that they recorded it and then like drove to meet us. Yeah, that's what I read. That's finished. actually you're exactly right. That's what I read today when I was doing my research. So you, my right. fucking my brain works sometimes. Oh yeah. fuck! So well, they must let's... have given us like an advanced copy or something. Yeah. Well, let's start off. I want to talk about growing up uh, where you grew up. I mean, you're from Long Island, New York, or I know a handful of people in the music scene have kind of come from like straight from the path, dudes, backtrack, crime and stereo, you know, and then Madball, biohazard, the list goes fucking on and on, <laughs> you know, but we couldn't have grown up in different places, you know, Omaha and like Long Island are two starkly different, different worlds. Um, and I kind of mentioned this on the last podcast that we had, because we talked to Dan Defonce, who is from like upstate New York, I think, um, you know, you guys really had a lot more entertainment and culture like around you. And I know your brother, Brandon Riley, also played in some bands growing up, too. He was in the movie Life, Nightmare of You, two really great bands that like kind of helped shape their genres at the time. So I guess this is my long winded way of asking, like, what was it like growing up in like the Long Island mu music scene? Like I, I, I've, I've always asked Tom what it was like, you know, because I've I've spent some like extended time with him, but I never really got to pick your brain about like what it was like growing up and all that. Yeah, it's, it's cool. You know, um you know this is a fucking stupid statement but long, long island it is really very long so i mean you know from montauk to like where i grew up is like almost two hours you know right. like and i i know i grew up close to, uh, and, and i'm like you know i'm like 45 minutes or where i grew up was 45 minutes from manhattan so i mean depending upon where you grew up on on long island your proximity to new york city was was fairly close Right. So, you know, for anyone who didn't live super far east, it was kind of like you could hop on a train and be in Manhattan in 30 minutes, 45 minutes, go to see shows there, you know. Um, but yeah, so we had the best of both worlds where it's like you said, you know, growing up on Long Island, we had, you know, Glassjaw and the movie Life and Silent Majority and Kill Your Idols and so on. And then if you could get into the city, you had you had Madball and H2O and Promags and whatever, you know. So it was kind of like you got kind of the the long island melodic world and you got the, the new york hardcore kind of heavy world um but yeah it's cool you know like my, my brother um when he was a teenager he played in some local bands too before he really did anything notable and um yeah we just like we, we met a kid in, in like i guess um in high school um and i think he like kind of introduced us to hardcore if you will and we like went to our me and my brother and him went to our first show together in i think it was 96 or maybe 97 and it was a vod h2o silent majority and cleanser at this um this place called the the pwac um it was just this fucking really big warehouse in a town called um lindenhurst and uh we we took the bus there and uh we took we took a bus like the town over and like walked to the venue and then when the show was over, we like walked to a gas station, like called my parents, maybe they picked us up. But like this is like at a time where you know VOD is just like fucking a really big band. So this is this is a, essentially it's a local show because it's you know it's got three Long Island bands on and then H two O who's like a you know New York City band, and there's like a thousand people there, you know, and it's just like horrifying for me being you know fifteen or however old I was. Right. It's like like people like there's like three fucking pits and just like people are killing each other, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, like, so at that point 
I don't think my brother had started playing or he maybe was like just getting interested, you know, but then he, you know, went on to kind of just play in some local bands. So, you know, go see his bands play and stuff. And then um, as we both got a little older, you know, he, he started playing in a band called the rookie lot, which um, basically went on to become brand new or like three, maybe three of them went on to form brand new. And then not long after that, he had gotten um, asked to join the movie life. And then when he started doing that, I would go out with them occasionally on weekends, you know, sometimes, um, I, I guess I did maybe, I, I did like a full tour with them in, in England, which was only like, you know, a week of shows, whatever, sure, but, right. but I would, yeah, hop in the van with them and kind of, you know, sell merch or just like hang out, whatever. Um, and then I guess kind of from that is, you know, where I kind of started <clears throat> wanting to, I guess, be in my own band stuff. But yeah, L- Long Island is, you know, it was a very, a very long lineage of really great bands and across you know across all genres like i you know i said you know vod glass jaw movie life um and then you know brand new taking back sunday you know yeah, uh, right prime stereo backtrack incendiary like it's just kind of like it's kind of, and even you know suffocation death metal bands from long right. Island, you know like there's just kind of like every every genre long island's kind of got like a band or a couple bands that have like gotten out there in the world you know Dude, it's um, fucking it's fucking crazy. I mean, Tommy, can you imagine living somewhere like other than Omaha? I mean, like we have like a great indie rock music scene there that like has produced yeah. Yeah, fucking countless Creek, bands, but, dude. Yeah, but like yeah. I was never really into any of that shit growing up. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like a super huge Bright Eyes fan. I wasn't like a huge I I've 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 come to love Cursive. I think Cursive is like one of my yeah. favorites. Uh but like God, I would have fucking killed to have all that entertainment like yeah, it's, and it's, like right and, there, dude. And like, like I wish I would have. Like, I only, I was definitely a little older when I like finally went into the city to see my first show. And but like, you know, most kids were like just hopping on the train and going in and whatever. But my my parents were a little strict, so like, we kind of you know didn't get to go in too early. But you know, like my, the first time I I went into the city, like I saw a veil, a veil play at a venue called Coney Island High, um, which they like tore down a couple years later. But but yeah, I got to you know go there and like go to these shows at cbgb and stuff and it's just like the, the for, for where we were like tom like where tom's from and like where most of this is hell was from and whatever like they were like they were kind of like like dan like dan burke like is from fucking like like I, like where i live in brooklyn now like if i went to go to dan's house it would take me like an hour and a half to get there Good like Lord. it's just fucking out there yeah yeah so like for me for my proximity it was pretty easy for me to like get into the into the city um did you kind of like take that for granted almost like you said it was like going to see local bands for a lot of those bigger artists like for us yeah. like we would never miss a brand new or like a fucking taking back sunday show in the yeah because they come through exactly. rarely but you guys had it like every weekend almost probably <laughs> Yeah, and it was just like silly to think because like at the time it's just like, you know, it's like oh there's there's a show this weekend. It's like you know, brand new's playing with Glassjaw and Silent Majority in this fucking bar that like maybe holds two hundred people. You right. know, like before yeah. like anybody like really was kind of super. You know, and and, and then even you know, so th- that venue PWAC that I went to, that's kind of where the shows were happening. And then sure, they, they didn't they weren't open for much longer after um, I went. I think I wound up only seeing maybe like two or three shows there. And then there was another spot called Deja One, which is like a catering hall, which is weird. It was like a it was like a, a nice room with like a chandelier kind of like yeah, you know, and like carpet and like it was just kind of like a, a weird like a weird place where like you sure you want five hundred people in here yeah, like fucking yeah. losing their minds. Oh, but that was a spot then like where you know like and and it didn't matter. It was like either there was like local bands playing or or touring bands, and no matter what, it was kind of like they would be like 
three to 500 people there. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just kind of like the normal. I think, you know, I think once I started pouring with This Is Hell, it kind of, you know, put it in perspective where you're like, you know, fuck these kids who live in Evansville, Indiana, or like Omaha, Nebraska, whatever. Like if a band like VOD came through, like maybe they'll come through once in their career and like, holy shit, yeah. if I didn't go, like, or like, you know, if, if you're younger, like you hear the stories of like, oh fuck, like this, they came through, but I was like 12 years old, you know, right, I couldn't right. go, whatever. And then like, you know, and then like for us, it's just like, oh, like, what'd you do this weekend? Like, oh, I went to fucking Phoebe's and saw Hatebreed and American Nightmare play together, right. you know, like, and it's just like, right. not like, it's just like a pretty standard thing, you know, mm. definitely spoiled growing up where, where we grew up, you know? Yeah. I can't fucking imagine like just being able to pick what I want to go see on like a Friday night. I mean, like we had that option here, but it was never like hardcore bands or like band, like, you know, bands from yeah, like yeah. that emo lineage, you know, it was more like, yeah, Hey, like simple plans coming through and it's like 30 bucks, you know, you want to go do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, but I but mean, I'm, so you, so you did get to go along for some of those movie life tours. Like that was a question that I had in my mind. like, mm-hmm. I mean, that is, when I think of like bands that like help shape that era, I mean, like movie life is up there. Like, what was it like being along for some of that? And like, I mean, that's like early, like that's before like drive through days, like maybe like right in the midst of it. Like those are, that's like a really, really good time for music. I think it was probably like, um, probably like on their drive through like EP maybe. Cause I, I remember one tour was, uh, it was like a newfound, newfound dashboard, I think Midtown, River City High and Movie Life. And that was like, it was pretty early dashboard days. I think, I think dashboard may have been like opening the shows if I oh remember God. correctly. Um, but yeah, I remember like doing like maybe like a week of that or something. Um, and then I remember doing, uh, they did a tour of Juliana Theory that I definitely was on for a, a good week or so. Um, but yeah, I think, I think most of what I wanted to doing with them was kind of like weekends. And, and, you know, I did like a week on Warped Tour with them um, one year. And then, um, and then, yeah, I, I, the first time, the first time I ever, ever got on an airplane, I was, I think 18 years old, maybe 19 years old. And I flew to, to England with them. And it was, oh it was, it was supposed to be Lost Profits, Glassjaw, Movie Life, and this band called Douglas, who was like a, a Welsh band also. Um, Daryl, you know, it, it's been a while. Daryl's been pretty good for a while now, but like his Crohn's issues were like kind of pretty rough for a long time. And sure. it wasn't uncommon for them to have to cancel because he would get sick and uh, right. they wound up having to cancel that one. So um, that band, um, Audio Events, do you remember Audio Events? Uh, faintly. I think, it, I think it was like, I think maybe it was like Brandon Boyd's like brother's band or something. It was like somebody from like kind of like a bigger right radio bands like brothers band um so audio events replaced um last on that tour but that was but that was cool because like at that time like lost profits was like a fucking massive band and it was a um you know so it was like they like the last show of tour was like at brixton academy in london which was like a five thousand. that was room, when like you know? lost profits was like huge like on they had that one single the shinobi, yeah the shinobi song like yeah shinobi yeah. versus something whatever yeah Crazy. so that, that was kind of like every night was just like and i was selling merch but it was like the, they were big rooms so like i would just like bring the merch over check it in and they'd sell it for me and right. then i'd spend the, the like i'd be fucking like i like at the show in wales it was like they played this like fucking they're from Wales. They've been right. like massive place, and I like stage dove during movie life. A, a <laughs> massive barrier. Um, but yeah, it was just like my my first. Yeah, my first flight was a fucking transatlantic flight. 
yeah, that's crazy, dude. I mean, I, yeah, I can't imagine having my first flight be like six and a half hours, dude. I like grew up like, dry, like, you know, flying from like St. Louis to Omaha, which is like 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I got used to flying before I ever went like international, which is like probably a good thing, but I know this is kind of off topic too, but I really, I, I love to like trace this back because the movie life has had, this has led to so many other bands like Eddie Reyes, like left the movie light to, you know, to, to, essentially formed taking back sunday i mean your yeah. brother started nightmare of you Vinny started you know i am the avalanche i mean are there any more ties that i'm missing there or yeah well I... so it, like you can tie eddie back to like he's like famously being, being kicked out of like every band he's yeah. been in you know like and he's not in taking back sunday, taking back sunday at this point. yeah like he yeah he played in the band called clockwise prior to um movie life and and phil phil um no i'm talking I'm not positive, but I think Phil, Phil Nevetta, who played a movie like might have played in Clockwise with Eddie, but I'm not positive. But also Silent Majority, um, they um, Nick Nick Gambarian played bass for them. He left to go play for Bayside. Oh my um, god! Yeah, fuck. And then yeah, so he so yeah, Nick has has that tie. Um, but yeah, the I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe uh, Eddie is a good example because, like you said, he's been in a couple. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. Like you know, Alex Alex from Crime and Stereo was in Rookie Lot with my brother. Yeah, um, yeah dude, I am. That's one of my favorite bands. Like it's in my record player probably like once a month. Like I yeah. I don't know anybody else that really enjoys that band like outside of like your your area of the country, which really, really? fucking. Or maybe, may, I mean, I maybe I just haven't met the right people because, like, right, yeah, I, I think they're the type of band where, like, they're cult, a little cultyish, you know. And to, so to, to break Long Long Island down even even further, so um, in my high, like, I went to high school with Christian, who sings in Crime and Stereo, yeah, uh, Garrett, who plays bass in Brand New, and then my brother, of course, um, and then the the other high school in our town, uh, Mike who played bass originally in Crime Mysterio went to. And then um, Vinny from Brand New went to that high school. And then maybe um, Alex from Crime Mysterio went to the high school. It's like like, Le like we're from Levittown. And so like Le even like Levittown in particular on Long Island is like a, a backtrack. Um, Ricky, well, oh, sorry, uh, J-Lo, the original backtrack drummer. Went, I went to high school. I went to high school with him um and then they're like guitar player ricky's from like a town over so like even like within long island like levittown in particular had a lot of um people like that kind of went on to play yeah. in some bands of it's like a powerhouse like for producing <laughs> like <laughs> good musicians teachers are like we're not even gonna try they're just gonna go be in a band <laughs> <laughs> college no nah, i'm just gonna go on tour <laughs> yeah. all right dude well you got to name drop some of the craziest shows you've been to like growing up because I, I love asking this question because we always get something crazy like yeah i saw this band in like a hundred cap room once so let her rip dude i mean what what have uh, you seen in long island that is like i mean like, you know like i, I went to yeah, like I, I went to like the Kiss, Kiss Bang Bang like EP like last show EP release show, which was like in you know like a small VFW. That's the thing. Like um like I guess it's kind of it's probably like that in in some spots. And I feel like in I think like in certain cities like VFWs and like Knights of Columbuses like aren't a thing. You know, like right. I think in the Midwest it is. You know, but I think in certain oh, yeah. areas like it's not. So like for Long Island, that's where a lot of the shows were. Like we 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 would go to like you know like halls. You know, um, and so I've sure. seen you know glass jaw and brand new and you know taking next time they play in a coffee shop before like adam was like <laughs> in the band you know like with their old singer and stuff like that um oh, fuck. and then like you know um 
actually in 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 my town they they did um what's funny the the footage actually of the glass draft footage of of this particular show just like kind of popped up on YouTube the other day and it was I didn't I didn't remember at the time until Vinny just posted about it that it was it was a benefit show for somebody and it was it was um, rookie lot movie life. Warped Weeble Wobbles, which is like this Long Island band who was like kind of like a hokey band, but they were cool. And like yeah. Vinny's, Vinny's two brothers were in the band or one of his brothers was in the band. Um, Blastjaw and then VOD was like a secret guest. But like the flyer, basically like the V in Movie Life was capital. Like the O yeah. in Rookie Lot was like, they like, it was yeah, very blatant right. that they were playing. Right, right. But it was like this like Jewish community center in Levittown. It was like around the corner of my parents' house. And like, if you like look up the the video, you'll you'll find that YouTube Glass I set, and it's just like, is a fucking insane amount of people there. Um, but yeah, you know, I think like seeing you know seeing brand new play. There's this this bar called Ground Zero that shows used to kind of have like my very first band like played our first show at this bar called Ground Zero, and like you know it's like if you had 200 people in there, like it was fucking uncomfortable, you know. Um, right. But that's just kind of like where everyone played, you know, like, and even when you know when bands were um, known. It just you know it was still kind of like small you know because like after you know there's only like vfw halls are only so big you know like and then we didn't really have you know that many clubs right yeah at least when i was kind of like going yeah i mean you guys kind of probably had the same issue that like we had like growing up at like nowhere really wanted to host your show so you really mm-hmm. had to improvise you know whether it's a yeah. coffee shop or a, uh-huh. a community center or whatever you know yeah I mean, we ran we ran shit out of whatever yeah we ran yeah. shit out of the commons like just miking the kick drum for like four years so oh, <laughs> i'm pretty you, sure you, you, make anything came, work. Was, yeah. you just reminded me of, of a good one um my chemical romance played a skate park with um murder by death and vox Remember that I saw, wow mcr um, at a bowling alley so i, I yeah. feel you on that one yeah yeah we had oh, a, I, I, I didn't i didn't Frank go i didn't go to the show in particular but i did go to shows there. there there was a bowling alley that used to do shows in long island and they did a fucking like really wild at the drive-in show i oh, think i think take max they might have might have played too um but yeah there was like a hot minute where this like bowling alley was like doing shows and like there was a couple of like you know like this band's playing there you know yeah. like what <laughs> yeah yeah dude that's that was the ranch bowl in omaha did, did did you ever did you ever play the ranch bowl or visit there yeah I, there's no like way everybody went there no. like but, but was it like a proper venue no um, it was a bowling alley with a stage but like it was okay, one yeah. of those same thing where like nirvana played there pearl jam oh, played there like everybody like yeah. when they were coming up came through was it the just ranch like bowl. a stage like like over the lanes kind of thing i think it was in the um, back half yeah, it was in like the back lounge. They just like improvised like a like a wooden setup. Like it was super janky. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it I, lo- I love I love finding shit, out, shit like that out because I like playing, I like playing places and then like finding out like like you know we played um, we we played a spot in in Southampton in England and like it's like a you know two hundred cap room and like you look at the like this it's like a fucking shithole. There's like flyers pasted from like whatever and it's like like Oasis played there and it's like I just right. played, <laughs> like, oh, like you know, this venue that they played at and then like. The, there's this venue called the Milestone in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is like kind of known as like Charlotte's like CBs, you know, and it's like there's like a fucking bad brains tag on the wall, you know, oh, just like damn, hell yeah, like the amount of history in some of these places that you kind of like go through. Yeah. It's sick. Fucking crazy, dude. It's that's wild. But anyway, I mean, fast forward a few years. I mean, you started this as hell in 2004, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it seemed like you guys really took off when you guys started. I mean, assuming you guys were doing like a ton of DIY touring at that time. I mean, I think I read somewhere today that you guys were doing like 200 shows in a year or something crazy like that. Yeah. I booked our first couple of tours. Um, and yeah, our first tour was like a two month tour, like all over America and then like into Canada. And like, while we were like on that tour, I was like booking the next one, yeah. like from, from the road, basically. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, like the, the majority of our career, like obviously we slowed, we slowed down a bit, especially when like we started doing like more legit tours because then it was just like radius falls and like, well, you can't play here or whatever. Like, cause you know, we used to be able to just go to a certain, you know, we could go play like Philly once a month if we wanted to, you know, like, right. yeah, obviously like you, you don't want to burn yourself out and, you know, and, and make it so people don't want to come see you. Cause they, you know, you go all the time, but we right. could, you know, and we, yeah. you know, we, we did early on, like, yeah, like we were doing like, you know, 200 shows a year yeah um you know i think we we wound up hitting um i think in i think 2012 maybe we hit like a thousand shows like i have a, actually have an email list of like all the shows we've played yeah like we've played over a thousand shows like in in like less That's than it. 10 years or something yeah Dude. so what was it like leaving long island and touring with your own band for the first time you know like we couldn't come from different places. So I feel like you're really hidden away from the rest of the world at yeah. Long, Long Island in particular. So it was like being a young kid and touring the, the country for the first time, you know, did you find it to be a bit of a culture shock or did you um, fit in pretty well? I mean, I, the, the band I played in prior did like one tour that we like got to go out to California. Um, what so band I did you I, play in prior? Scraps and Heart Attacks, it was called. Okay. Um, and we actually, us in Crime and Stereo, so Crime and Stereo like, was already i guess formed by the time this is hell formed um but we, yeah we we did a tour together um and went out to california actually like the, on that tour we we played set, like set your goals it was like a, their first shows in like Cal- <laughs> in california and they looked like a band playing their last shows it was fucking <laughs> insane like people like there was like it was like a we played in a in a i remember one in particular it was uh danville i think was the town in like northern california yeah and it was like an elk lodge like hall thing and it was just fucking rammed and people were like going insane i think <laughs> i think yeah. maybe filling the dream might have played too and it was just like oh geez people were just going going bonkers for like the local band you know like um but that was you know i, I don't like i think it's one of the things where like you're you're like young and you just like looking back on it like i, I I don't know how we did it, you know, like, I don't yeah, know, like yeah. how we like, we're just like five idiots just getting in a van with like map quest directions and like figuring <laughs> out like where, you know, like where we're going and like finding places to stay. And that yeah, seems, on, it seems on. You, psycho. You just said now, something dude. that I love. How was touring with map quest? That is something Austin and I both haven't yeah. had to deal with. Well, how was, yeah, we're not cool. Like if somebody I mean, fucked up and like went on the wrong step, dude, would you, yeah, like, would oh, you guys no. get maps? Like, like actual, like, yeah, we have, maps? A, we have like, a, we have like an Atlas. So like, you know, <laughs> you could like, you know, get yourself to the, the yes. city and then like one street you know i mean like but even but even so like it, it wasn't like i feel like we weren't touring very long before like gps is kind of yeah, came right. into the mix and whatever right. but like even like the backquest thing like as like shitty as it was like think about the bands who toured when you just had toured with a map you know yeah, they were just right. fucking like i've listened to like stories them. of like just like driving to like the city center getting out to a payphone, calling the promoter and saying, Hey, we're at the fucking Burger King on whatever promoter, like drive over to meet them and then like follow them to get you to the venue. You know, like one of our, one of our first, actually our very first European tour was in 2005. And even, even that, like 
tour i can't imagine touring europe like pre yeah, yeah. navigate right. pre-navigate yeah. yeah like that's like pocket. blows my mind that band did that but but we were like very it, 2005 there's still like you know there was still borders and like a lot of different currencies like not everyone right. was on the euro and like what you know it was a little it's still a little we, weird and then it is yeah. now you know like um but i remember in particular one show we were we were playing in uh in Pol in poland and our driver just couldn't find the venue <laughs> and like we were just kind of like all right i guess we're not playing you know like so oh then we God. like just like found like a hotel and just like you know like and and it was like a. We, we, yeah, we sorry, it, I can't find the venue. You're not fucking playing tonight. Yeah, oh, and we shit. like we we couldn't do anything. It's not like like oh, let me fucking call like look it right. up my phone or something like whatever. Yeah. Like we didn't have any phones or anything, or that phones are, are working, you know. Yeah. But uh, a funny story about that night is that so we go we get a hotel in the lobby of the hotel. There's like a I don't want to say a restaurant, but like you know a hotel bar lobby thing. bar fucking situation, and you know this they don't speak English. We don't speak Polish. So we're just yeah. trying to like point at the menu and whatever. So, um, I think like, I think Jeff, our bass player wanted to, uh, to get a fish sandwich. So like the fish sandwich was like, was like the number four on the board. So he was like, um, you know, did, did one of those things. Oh my um, God. and so like 15 minutes later, they come out with four fish sandwiches <laughs> 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 and we're like, like, yep, Ooh, we're all translation. Having... <laughs> yeah. We're all we're all just tonight. Yeah, dude. I re- like it was even hard for me. I mean, the first time I went overseas was like in two thousand and nine, and still then, like GPS yeah, was it, still it, bad. It, <laughs> like, yeah, GPS, and, and and then also like the language barrier. You know, like like when you're in the major yeah. cities, for the most part, it's okay. But when you get to the outskirts, or if you're like traveling between cities and you got to stop for gas, and it's a, a small town, whatever, like most of the time you know you're, you're, you're playing yeah. you're playing the pointing game you know like yeah. i remember our um our guitar player at one point he had a he had like an egg he had an egg allergy yeah and it was it was kind of bad like if he if he had like like so like mayo has eggs in it, right if he had like right. mayo like his like throat would like he would his throat would kind of like get swollen and like you know right like it, you know it wouldn't like kill him if i mean if he kept the thing is he was he could eat something and then all of a sudden he would know right sure right so I think we were like, you know, we were like in Germany or something. We like go to Burger King or something. And, you know, he like orders this thing, no mayo, whatever, whatever. We like get in, get in the van. We're like start driving to the wherever we're going. And he's sitting in, sitting shotgun, I think. And he like unwraps his burger and he like takes a bite. And he's just, fuck. Throws it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> like that made it. Oh, no. Dude, that's a nightmare in itself. Touring with like a severe food allergy oh, God, like that, yeah. and like a, in another country, because like at any with, second, dude, it could just be yeah. Like, snap. It's, it's like one thing. It's one thing to like be vegetarian and like oh they fucked it up, and you know. But if you're like actually like allergic, yeah. It's funny touring Europe. Like me, I was a. I mean, I feel like I still probably am, but I was a very very picky eater. And then touring Europe kind of like snapped that for me because like, yep. you know, <laughs> uh, like over there, basically like you go, you, you go to a venue and you like load in whatever and they like make food for you or they have food for you. And like, there's, it's just like, they take care of the bands very well. Like they'll, they'll put you yeah. up, they'll, they'll feed you, you know, you'll stay there in the morning, you'll wake up and they'll like have breakfast for you, like pastries or what, you know, like whatever. It's all like, you're taken care of very well, but like, you know, the food that they, and, and they also like were at the time I wasn't vegetarian. Like I'm I, now I've been vegetarian for like a decade, but at the time, yeah. like when I first started turning there, I wasn't, but that was kind of like every, every venue is like, Oh, like we, here's some vegan stew. Like, you know, like it was just like always, right, right, they were always, right. cause I think 
you know, because I think a lot of bands were vegetarian or vegan, so they just wanted to make one meal that everybody could eat. So it was kind of like, oh, like, I don't like mushrooms, but this has mushrooms in it, and, like, I don't have any money to go fucking eat yeah. a burger thing. So, like, I'm going to just eat this, you know? So I think it, it kind of snapped me out of it and, like, got me into eating things that Dude, I, I had wasn't the same really experience. Yeah. Same exact experience in Latvia. Like, again, they make you everything, and it's, like, all home-cooked, like, the traditional whatever country you're in. Mm-hmm. And everything there was, like, slaw like breakfast slaw didn't know that was a thing lunch slaw dinner slaw you know like all different kinds but it was all like carrots and like cabbage and whatever like in a slaw and it was just like i hated slaw for so long and i don't i can eat slaw now so the one thing that's known in like the touring world and correct me if i'm wrong here but what from what i've heard hospitality in europe when you are a band is far better than what it is here like in the states and and it's it's funny too because i I don't i think it's just because fucking americans are spoiled brats but like well yeah i I mean like like bands always bitch about like oh the food sucks in europe or like uh, like a lot of bands like just didn't like touring over there and i'm just like you're fucking nuts like yeah you get it you're getting taken care like first of all like you're able to to, to afford to fucking fly five people there right. rent gear rent a van you know like whatever and then come home with money you know like you can't right. do this touring in america like with most bands you know fuck no they just be like oh like the food like isn't like they're just like typical like ignorant like american shit you know but yeah. I, I love i love touring there it was just like you like like i said you get to a venue they have like some fucking snack type shit whatever like a, a rider like which like in america like you don't have a fucking rider like a hardcore band you know your yeah, rider's fuck. like the fucking bag of chips and like yeah you're, you're playing also. the commons in omaha nebraska you're not getting a fucking rider, yeah it's bro. like it's like it's like here's like a fucking a case of warm water and like a sack of shit. <laughs> it's been sitting in my it's been sitting in my dodge stratus for about five hours now it's probably exactly. nice yeah. and lukewarm for you yeah it's like you get there like have like some fucking light sandwiches or something and then like sound check and then there's like a hot dinner oh damn just tons of beer and drinks if you drink you know whatever and then like the show finishes you like They'll take you to like a fucking a hostel or something, or like a lot of the venues just had like accommodations oh, like upstairs, or whatever you know. I mean, some of them it was like, oh, the stage you just played on, like you're sleeping on that tonight. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. those yeah. were those were a little rough sometimes, but but then yeah, I wake up in the morning and it's like here's fucking some chocolate croissants and like whatever and like, and then you're on your way to the next show and it's like yeah. I didn't have to put my hand in my wallet for a whole month, you know, like yeah, right, which is dope. It saves you a yeah. shitload of fucking money. Yeah. But I mean, after a year or so of touring, I think you guys got signed by, you know, one of my favorite labels from back in the day, Trust Kill, who had bands like, you know, It Dies Today, Terror, First Blood, Bleeding Through, Throwdown, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, what was it like being on one of the biggest labels at that time? Because that label had like a ton of like really huge bands on it. I mean, you I mean, you guys obviously like I think, you know, made more of a career like for this as hell, like after signing to that record label. Yeah yeah you know i think we we were i guess you know we were serious about about the band but i don't know if any of us knew that like how serious the band could be you know um but i guess yeah we, i guess we, we must have signed and yeah yeah a year in because we yeah we started in 2004 and then sundown and came out in 2006 so like yeah 2005 we, we played um it's funny tom from tom who sings for indecision always reminds me that he he booked so he booked the show at the knitting factory in Manhattan and it was like a benefit for I don't remember. Um, but it was like us, I think Candiria and like No Redeeming Social Value. It was like a really weird show. Yeah. And um 
and basically that show josh from trust Kill, like was interested interested in in us so he came out to see us play at that show and that was a show that led to us getting signed so tom's always like i booked the show that got you signed remember that <laughs> um so yeah josh, josh came out to see us play and um yeah and then i guess we signed shortly after that and then um yeah and then we would have uh, i don't remember if it was i mean Sundance came out in may so we probably probably recorded early early that year right or maybe the end of the prior year i can't remember that's rick rick has the fucking insane memory of that kind of shit but yeah um but yeah we you know we like uh, yeah i think when we like got our contract and saw like the, the recording budget and like whatever we were kind of like whoa like what <laughs> like we we could go record in the studio for a month you know like right yeah it's fucking but yeah like, that's... that, that kind of felt a little a little uh surreal yeah so i mean you guys put out sundowning your first lp followed by misfortunes your second lp um and it seems like a lot of bands were like leaving Trust Kill around that time. And then all of a sudden the label just kind of collapsed. And then you guys got approached by Rise Records. So I've always kind of wanted to ask the question. I mean, what do you think changed for the band when you guys left Trust Kill during like that whole like dissolving phase and then going into like Rise Records? Yeah, it was like, you know, there was, yeah, there was a lot of drama, I guess. And like for us, like we didn't, we, we had nothing but good experiences with, with Josh and Trust Kill but we also weren't like a big, a big band. You know, I think like the bands like 18 visions and yeah. bleeding through and bullet from Valentine who like, you know, some of these bands had like gold records and shit. And like, apparently like weren't getting royalties, you know, like we didn't, we like, we probably should have gotten royalties as well, but like, you know, what's the, like, what's the royalty on selling 15,000 records versus like selling gold? You know what I mean? Like, right. what, like, I don't know what we would have been getting. Right. So like for us, it was kind of like, we were psyched on what we were doing, you know? Um, yeah. So we never really had any issues, but like, yeah, I know there was like a lot of shit, but, but I think that we kind of like after misfortunes, like, and I'm like, I guess it was kind of a bit of a sophomore slump for us, you know, like I think looking back on it, we like kind of, you know, the songs were a little too long. Um, Dan snare drum sounds like a fucking pile of dog shit, you know, like, just like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like now we kind of listen to it. And if you can kind of like ignore the snare drum, like, I think it's a good record. I think we could have just kind of trimmed a little of the fat and kind of sure. made the songs a little, a little more concise, but it's funny because at the time, um, we basically, we, we had, we had signed a contract, right? So like we were supposed to get, we got like X amount of money to record sundowning. And then we were meant to get X amount to record misfortunes. And Josh kind of came to us and he was like, Hey, you know, I want to do, or sorry, we we got the same amount of money to record each of the first two records. And then it was time for us to do a third record. And he was like, Hey, which he was just to give us more money for. And he was like, Hey, like, can we, you know, renegotiate the recording budget? And that was kind of like, I think we kind of already were like not psyched on doing a third record there. And that was kind of like our, our out, yeah, you know? Right. And like, I don't, and I don't know if looking back on it, it was a, a bad decision or not, but basically like, basically he was just like, Hey, like, you know, I can only do this amount of money. And then we were kind of like, Hey, like we, we were meant to get this in the budget. If you can't give us this, like, then like, we don't want to do it, you know? Sure. And then like, we like went inside with rise and like rise gave us like nothing, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, like we, you know, like we, um, like whatever it's so long ago. Like, right. We yeah. got, we, we got $20,000 to record sundowning. Sure. And then I think, and I think we got $20,000 to record, misfortunes sure and then and then we were meant to get like 30 or like 35 for the next one 
and we didn't want to, we didn't want to, I think after Mr. Fortune, we were kind of over, we, we wanted to do something new, but we were also like, if we're going to get $35,000, like, let's go, you know? Cause, yeah, right. cause, well, cause what we, cause also for Sundowning, we fucking spent a month in the studio and we like, we spent that money, you know, misfortunes. We like spent two weeks in the studio and then we like banked the money, you know? Right. Um, so we were going to do the same thing. But once he was like, I can, I can only, I think he, he may have came back and be like, I can only do 10 for this record or whatever it was. I can't remember. So that we use that as kind of an out. And then we went to rise and then like, we got like five grand or something from rise to like, you know, like do it, which, which like, which at the end of the day, like a, a band, like the, the dudes who've been in this hell, like have always been like really good musicians and proficient. So like we can do a record for $5,000, you know, like, sure. yeah. but, but also like we, you know, we, as each record progressed, like we spent less time in the studio. You know, like I said, we did Sundowning in a month. We did Misfortunes maybe like two or three weeks. And then like we did Way to the World in like 10 days. And then we right. did Black Mass in like seven days. You know, like right. and it was kind of like we just like figured out like, all right, like the records, our records are written before we go in the studio. They're, they're demoed, like they're well rehearsed. Like, you know, typically right. like our drummer goes in and is like, spends like, three or four hours and then they're done with the record, you know, like, right, and right. then like, and then like the bass player, you know, like, it's like, I'm the one who's always like kind of taking the most time to do <laughs> shit, you know, right. Just a weak link, you know? Um, but yeah, well, sorry, I didn't mean to, to jump ahead there. No, it's okay. Uh, I mean, do you think, I mean, do you think the perception of your band changed at all? Like when you went from trust kill to like rise, oh, I mean, oh, I mean it, at, at that time, I mean, rise had, you know, pretty strictly metalcore lineup you know what i mean <clears throat> and it wasn't like bleeding through type metalcore it was more like you know new age like Devil metal Prada, sure like exactly yeah. right i mean to be honest the, the when we signed the trust skill people it i mean like i don't have to explain to you how the fucking sure. scene works in the yeah. double standards yeah. and stuff but yeah, it's yeah. like we signed to a label that terror was on and it was fine for Terror to be on Trust Kill, but like it was lame that we were signed to Trust Kill, you know? That's weird. And then like, and, and Upstream Crime and Stereo came up at the same time, right? So like we like we signed to um, Trust Kill and I think that they signed to Nitro maybe. And like, we like had a very similar tra trajectory, but it was like, it was like, oh, sick. Congratulations, Crime and Stereo on signing to this major label. This is hell signed to a fucking major, it's whack. You know, like it yeah, was kind of like, right, right. like, 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 like what? Like we're yeah, doing this, like, sense. you know, like, and like, and as a band, like we like, it's not like we like went soft or anything. Like we like progressively got more ag aggressive as we like went, went on, you know, like, um, but when we thought it was definitely like kind of weird little, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't, know the, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Is, but people like were like, you know, people it. were definitely talking yeah. shit when we signed the trust skill. Yeah. Um, right. But like, it was just, you know, like, I don't know. It was like, you know, like, but like whatever, like but what other bands did was fine, you know. Like I think yeah. we were just like an easy target. Like, sure. so like, we, like I don't know. It's like we weren't gonna fucking beat anybody up for talking shit about our band. You know? yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, you know, maybe terror might, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? You know, so it's like I think oh, you know, like like Madball was signed to Ferret, and Ferret was essentially you fucking trust you. It's like you're yeah. gonna tell Madball that it's lame if they're signed to Ferret, you know, like or whatever. Yeah, right. Probably not. It's such a. It's such a yeah. weird, weird so, I, such a I mean, weird by dynamic. The, by the time that we signed to Rise, like we were already like this band that, like you know, had already done something like was fucking a bunch, unquote, of rock, a bunch of rockers, you know, like right, yeah. right. <laughs> you know, like and then you know, not long after, like I mean, think about, I mean, obviously now it's like full on, like just 
you know, bands that don't like bands touring together that wouldn't have made sense. So, but it's like not long after we did some, you know, like kind of left this kind of forest, it just became pretty normal for bands to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, by the time we got to Rise, I think we had already like. If, you yeah. guys did a lot of mixed bills back in the day, like mixed genre bills. And your bands yeah. was like one of the first, I feel like, to really diversify who they were touring with. Do you ever feel out of place on some of those tours, like being the heavier band on the package? Yeah. I mean, like one of the first ones that we did was it wasn't like a, a super, like a full tour, but we did like a week of shows with Bayside, Spitalfield, and Valencia. And it was just like, <laughs> and, and, it, and, and it was like, it was uh, a fucking, it was a fight, like with, um, early early on like i was kind of o- always open to do to do whatever um rick was very hesitant and then and jeff as well our original bass player so i remember like it was a, it was a fight with like me rick and jeff like to do the bayside stuff like they didn't want to do it um because you know it just like didn't right. really make it, sense yeah, you know right um but we wound up doing it the shows were really good um and like rick like fell in love with bayside like i love bayside too um and right. like the shows are really good. Like what we found out is that like Bayside has a very like diverse fan base. Like right. there'll be like, kids, t- kids at the show with like fucking terror shirts and face tattoos, like up front, like fucking sobbing to Bayside songs, you know, like so just fun. like, um, and then, you know, but also, and I, I found that like being, being the heavy band on a bill is cool, you know, like yeah. people at a live show want to fucking, they want to get a little, they want to get yeah, a little loose, you know, around. like, sure, and, right, right. And yeah. and we, we we could get some loose, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, I I think, uh, I, and you know, and alternately we did um, Sounds of the Underground in 2007, and that was like, Eated, Chimera, like Acacia Strain, um, Shadows Fall, uh, monster lineups, Prada, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and we were like, we were like, like. Eated was like the closest band to Sonically, and like we're not sure. like that really, you know, like right, right. And this is and this is like on Sundowning. It's not even like we're like touring on like Black Mass, which is like a thrashy metal record. Sure. You know, like we're we're like the only like hardcore band on this thing, yeah. you know. So like it, the tour was fine, but like that's the example where like we were like we were like kind of the softer band on the tour, you know. Right. Whereas like all these other bands were like super heavy and like aggressive, and we were kind of like a melodic hardcore band. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we did, um, but I think one of the best shows we ever did was that we did like an alternative press tour in 2010. It was like Freeman Horizon, August Burns Red, Polar Bear Club, and Amorosa. Yeah, and we were, I was, we were, yeah, was we going to say, I, I went to that tour at uh, yeah. um, the Beaumont in Kansas City. And oh, yeah. It played uh, played that room. That room <clears throat> since closed is now a barbecue restaurant for any of those mm. people wandering out there. So Kansas City loves barbecue. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was like, you know, we were opening that tour. Um, and like you know, some some nights would be like doors are at five, we're on at five thirty, and like we hit the stage at five thirty, and there's like fucking two thousand people in there, you know, yeah, like right. and like they're ready to fucking lose their shit, you know, and like we did really really well on that tour, and yeah. that was that was another thing too, where like I mean by that point we definitely had like more of an op- collectively had more of an open mind, but same thing, it was like a conversation where it was like hey like yeah this is a little weird for us, but like it's a good like there's Bring gonna be people it, like, there like yeah, well, like we yeah, can, right. we can convert some people, you know. Yeah, um yeah. so that tour was great you know um yeah i don't know i you know i think i think comeback kid you know i think comeback kid did a a little bit of that before we yeah, did you know for sure i oh, wouldn't for sure. i wouldn't say we were the first band that was like 
doing I diverse saw set your goals you know? with comeback kid i think that was the first time i saw set your goals and i was like oh who the fuck is this oh yeah. was that like was like title fight and yeah i think goals? it was that tour something yeah. yeah i remember that tour um but yeah you know like it, it's weird though because like in the 90s it wasn't uncommon for that kind of shit because like it'd be like you know um Super common, like super common for like the generation below mine. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, like the generation before me, like, yeah, like before right, I, like right. it was like you know, like like Josh from Trustville used to do shows in his basement, and yeah. it'd be like Earth Crisis and like Lifetime playing together, right. you know. And then like you know, like Saves the Day, like tour with Bane, and like you know what right. I mean, like exactly stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So so there was there was that, but also like there was like the Equal Vision connection, whereas like and like what we were doing is we were touring with non-hardcore bands full of dudes who like weren't into hardcore either you know I right, feel like right. sometimes whereas like saves the day those dudes grew up like in the scene and stuff but they were just like more of a melodic band you know sure like the, the equivalent of like you know title fights touring with hardcore bands where it's like yeah, this. of course like sonically title fights not like a hardcore band but like those dudes know their shit and they're from that world you know yeah yeah oh man you guys did a tour of funeral for a friend too didn't you Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that's a good example. Yeah. So it was oh funeral for God, friends. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Funeral for friends. The sleeping. Amorosa. Uh, yeah. We, we got the pleasure of touring with Amorosa twice with Johnny was Craig. It, that was a really well, good time. That was that was Johnny Craig era. Oh, both, both tours. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> funeral that's... was cool though. Those guys are really really sweet. And 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 funeral is a good example <laughs> of like you listen to them and you're like whatever. But like those dudes are like the singer in particular is like very into hardcore. Like he. Yeah. He works for Avocado Booking in Europe, which sure. looks like tons of hardcore bands and stuff. Um, and The Sleeping, where our buddies from... I, I forgot about them earlier, but great Long Island band, too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Sleeping was one of the first bands that I got into. I saw them with, like on the Chiodo show at Sokol Underground a long, long time ago. That band was cool. They always had those uh, those fucking laser things. I don't know. They oh, had really? like R two D two like. Oh yeah, yeah. Cam, the guitar shit? player, yeah, I think yeah. had like some weird shit. Yeah. Yeah, he had a program. They were like, really, really light show. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good band. Always stuck. I forgot, I forgot about that tour. Yeah, that was a uh, definitely a, a one where we were like a sore thumb on, but but it was pretty good too. Yeah, props to you guys for doing that because not a lot of, I mean, like that's not common these days. You know what I mean? Like, it's usually everybody everybody sticks to their genres pretty well these days. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you don't see like a whole ton of like really out of pocket like <laughs> mixed genres and build genres anymore. I mean, I, yeah. I guess we're not really seeing it at all right now. And it's yeah. been like, hey, it's been it like, a, it's been like a year since we've seen it. Even, but I don't know, but, but uh, even like, you know, even like, like stray did that like anti-flight for, and it was like, yeah. what it was sharp tooth and then another like punky band. So it's like, you know, like, Two punky bands and then two like kind of like metal quarry bands, you know. Straight, like, yeah, straight did some weird tours. I remember this one time they came and stayed at my place in Omaha, and they had they they were on tour with Otep, which I thought was oh like, yeah yeah I remember talk, that yeah the worst yeah talk about some weird shit man that band was yeah. crazy they told me some funny stories about that tour oh yeah yeah but yeah and then to go back to like the terror thing where like like when we were doing this stuff like like ter- terror was doing you know, a touring with a mirror, they were doing weird shit too. Yeah. I remember you know, that. But like, that's, that's how I like, dude, that's such a good point because I remember some of the craziest shows that I've been to were because of tear being on a mixed genre bill with like a mirror or like, mm-hmm. like wins Vision, a plague. Yeah. I mean, like you fucking like, name it. Tear, tear yeah. has probably played with them. But, yeah, exactly. You know, and that was like the thing that was so frustrating for us. It was like, we're doing the same shit. <laughs> like, why is it like, why is it okay for them to do it? But we can't do it, you know? Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I, I think, you know, I think in the last couple of years, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's gotten 
more di- I think it's gotten more diverse. You know, I think there's, you know, certain pockets where like bands kind of stick together, but I think that, you know, like fuck, who was it? Um it's a, the, like the last like knock loose headliner, I feel like was pretty a pretty diverse bill. Yeah, yeah, they had like C Space like rotting Cowboy, out. rotting yeah. yeah, rotting out. Like yeah, it was they they do a really good job of diversifying their bills too. Like you yeah. Know, it's 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 good to see, man, because I don't want to go and, uh, yeah, every time I die too. I remember like they you know, it was like every time I die trapped in the rice polar bear club for your strong for like really yeah. cool and prompt store, you know props to like census fail for doing the same thing like i might not fuck with them as much but they like always have done like like they they were early on the story so far like bringing them out and like they had yeah. like stick to your guns on that tour which i thought was really cool so yeah. yeah i mean like there are like subtle bands out there that are like putting together like low-key really fucking good lineups but uh-huh. i feel like it just man it, it I guess I, I can't feel it anymore because we haven't done it in like a year, but like, yeah, it's, I feel it's like it's like, just so few and far between these days. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, let's do a little music family tree to wrap this, wrap up this, this is hellas discussion. I love doing this, but you're, I mean, your old drummer, Dan went on to go play straight from the path. Your current drummer played in one of my all time favorite bands and well, which I know a lot of, I know, a lot of, I, I, know I know, I know, I know someone will have something to say about that, but like those two records they put out when they were on media scare were so fucking good, but uh, they, were Rick, good. they were good live. We, we, so we wound up like, yeah, playing shit. Cause we, like we, uh, we wound up sharing two members at one point. So like we yeah. played a lot together. Rick, the guitar player of this is hell plays in extinction AD. I don't know if that's still a thing or not, but I mean, what am I mm-hmm. missing here? Any links that I didn't mention? Is that it? Um, so yeah, Dan played it straight from the past uh yes does played in and well he played in light the torch for a little while with howard jones oh yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. he he, he plays an extinction ad with rick and 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 peter was also peter was in this is hell and and and, and, and well it was in D's um, notes, wasn't he no uh oh. the um maddie from and well okay Matt, maddie what's his name yeah maddie i think it's the name yeah, I remember. I, I remember. I had a conversation. Real, had a real, conversation real bad is his, is his handle. Yeah, real yeah, bad. Yeah. I think. I think his name is Maddie. I've known him so long. as real bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real bad. Real bad played in in DN. Peter and and Scuzz played in This Is Hell. Peter and Scuzz and Rick did Extinction AD. Um, Benny, um, our drummer before Scuzz, Benny played in Dead Swans. He's from England. Dead Swans is dope too. He now plays in this band called Noisy, N-O-I-S-Y, who's fucking really cool. They're like this, I don't even know how to describe it, but like they're basically like, a, a, I watch hockey all the time and like, a, or basketball and there's like a commercial on, and one of their songs is in like a BMW commercial all the time. Like it's just like <laughs> on so all the time. Yeah, they're sick. Um, and then, uh, that might be, I mean, Jeff, our original bass player, like him and Rick have a, have a band called American Ice Age. That's a little more like suicide file, like rock and yeah. roll, hardcore yeah. kind of vibe. Um, you know, Rick, Rick and Burke did Soldiers together. Soldiers, um, man. great hardcore band. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, what about what about you, dude? I mean, like, has has music, like playing music, kind of like has that ship sailed for you? I mean, I know you have like like one kid now, right? Do you have two? Yeah, you have just one. one. I mean, yeah. usually people kind of give up on the music shit when they have I mean, kids, I, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I had already, you know, like we we kind of went on a bit of a hiatus in twenty thirteen, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and then I started touring, uh, selling merch for bands. Yeah. So like I, I went out like on a couple of Bayside tours. Um, like I said, I, I came through linking with Royal Blood. Yeah. 
uh, I did George Ezra. I did a Halsey tour. I did yeah. like DJ Shadow. I did like a couple for a couple of years. Um, and actually on the Halsey tour is when I found that I was having a kid. So I was kind of like, all right, I'm probably not going to do this much longer. Right. And right. then and then and then I think the, the last tour I did was um, Block Party and the Vaccines. Oh damn. And then that like that tour wrapped like maybe two months before my kid was born. And then yeah, yeah I was kind of like, yeah, uh, I don't want to be like boring, you know. Yeah. But like, but, but like for me, like with this is how like you know we had already like kind of chilled, you know, for a while. Right. Um. And then you know over the last couple of years we we've kind of gotten back and played here and there. Um. But like, yeah, I mean, if so, if you know if someone was like, hey, like you want to come fucking tour Japan, I'd be like, yes, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, but if yeah. someone's like, hey, you want to like come play up in Boston, I'm like, no, <laughs> like, yeah, I think I'm unless it's if unless the money's right, like, really, it's tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like unless I'm like flying overseas or like doing something really cool, like yeah, we've we've done we've done plenty, you know, and like yeah, it's just kind of it's more of a hassle to like, you know, yeah. get the fuck get in a rehearsal space and like relearn songs and like sure. raise, <laughs> raise my been, voice yeah. for the first time yeah. in a couple of years, you know, like. <laughs> well, on to greener pastures, man. I'd love to talk about your job at Warner. I mean, it seems like you have a pretty big position there. I mean, working with Warner, I think, is like pretty huge in itself. But you're a product manager, and I have to admit, I have little to no idea what the hell that means. So, it, uh, first, yeah, explain to our audience and myself. <laughs> I don't know if I do. Well, I definitely did it when I first started. Um, <laughs> funny when I first started, we like had a um, a like product, like we had like a. Um, like a, a so so I worked for Warner Music Group and and within that like you mentioned earlier is like Warner Electra Atlantic Cuba Ramen Roadrunner and a couple other ones. Yeah. Um, now within that there's a company called Warner Music Artist Services and that's like technically who I work for, which is kind of like merch VIP um, licensing, which is merch retail merch, um, and then there's like some like. CRM and like you know just kind of like whatever um so when I first started uh, I got hired um in so my kid was born in in July I think I got the job in September right so it's pretty and, it's pretty quick like a lot of life changes happening yeah and they they wanted me to they wanted me to start where I think I was like I can start in October um and they're like all right cool they like we're doing this like Warner Music Artist Services Summit offsite in Nashville in September. Can you come for the weekend to Nashville for the summit? Then come home, be Get off there. the rest of yeah, September, right. and then start in the office right. in October. And I was like, yeah, cool. So like, essentially, my 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 first day of work is like this fucking like summit. Yeah, and, like <laughs> that's just like that's like not our, not our not our entire like um team, but it's just like the head, you know, the heads and maybe one or two under the heads of right. like every kind of like department within like the artist services, you know? So like, I just like went out to Nashville and like met like a bunch of people who like, you know, whatever. And like, and so like the, the very first day we're like sat in like this fucking big, like conference room, like all around a table, you know, and they're just kind of like going around the table, like, you know, tell us your name, you know, how long you've worked for Warner and like, and what your position is, you know, whatever. And who's your favorite band. And they kind of like went, went around, whatever. It is funny. They got to this kid from Germany, and he was like, "Oh, I'm Sebastian. I whatever. My favorite band's Parkway Drive." And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, "And they're like, 
and then uh, it gets to me and I'm like, oh, I'm Travis, whatever. Like, this is my first day. <laughs> and everyone's like, everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and I was like, I'm a product manager. Like, I don't really know what that is. Um, and like, I, and like, I went, wound up like chatting with the kid after and, and he like saw like us in Parkway Four together, like in, oh, that's in like Germany. So, that's so um, funny. But anyway, like, so yeah, so, so artist services is technically what I work for. And product manager is basically like, kind of like a, li- a, a liaison between bands bands and or their managers and then like my team so like i specialize in in merch but like i said we have we have vip we have licensing and we have like retail Mm. um so rather than having like managers or bands talk to like a ton of people on my team like they'll talk so like so like for example like i have like gojira is one of my bands so like if gojira is going on tour like i'll talk to their manager and like all right you know we're going on tour in october we're doing you know house of blueses um, whatever. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like we should maybe do like five t-shirts, like a long sleeve, a hat, a tote bag, like just kind of like try to plot out a, like a tour line for them, you know, based on like w- what they're playing and whatever, you know? Sure. Yeah. And then like, all right, cool. Like we, we want to do like a meet and greet, you know? So then like, all right, cool. I go to like our VIP team and I'm like, Hey, like Gojira is doing this tour. They want to do a meet and greet, like 30 people a night, like maybe like have them come in early, watch the band sound check, get like a sign poster and like a picture, whatever kind of, so then I'll talk to the VIP team about that. They'll put together like a little proposal and a projection. I'll bring it to the manager. They'll approve it. And then like, that'll kind of like roll. Yeah. And then like, and then they'll be like, oh, we want to do like a, you know, a, a pre-sale ticket for like our like email list. So I'll go to our ticketing team and say, hey, Gojira is going out. They want to offer their, their, their mailing list first access to like tickets, whatever, like they'll like hash. So that way, like they don't have to go to each department to like kind of, Right. it out like i'll like yeah. go and kind of like whatever um and then same thing with like retail merch like or e-commerce like there's people who kind of like i'm kind of like you know i'll go through the process of like getting designs approved and whatever and then i'll go to like retail and say hey like i know hot topic wants like a design like a, a gojira shirt like here's five designs that they can choose from or whatever you know yeah, right um and then like you know licensing will be like oh like like we just did this um not just it was like a year ago whatever but like there's this this company called puck puck hockey and they do like um like they do collabs with with bands and like so like with gojira we like they licensed um gojira and did like hockey jerseys and like hats and like like that so like i'll like kind of like sort that out with or like licensing will sort it out with sure licensee whatever and yeah but i'm just kind of like you know i'm like a a a middleman of store um but but you know i have i have a, a unique um background of like playing in a band you know booking my own band managing my own band for the most part you know and then having touring, a cl- then having a clothing company so, yeah too. having a clothing yeah. company then t- touring with bands selling selling merch right. you know like so like i've dealt i've dealt with booking agents i've dealt with yeah, managers so many different with promoters angles. yeah right. so it's like i kind of like that's the thing like if a band is kind of like new or whatever like oh you know we're playing these rooms and i'm like all right like I've been to these places like you like yeah. you can't you can't bring ten fucking t-shirt designs into this venue like right, it's not gonna right. fit you know like yeah. just stuff like that is kind of like my um my my day to day and yeah like Such when I first started it was like mostly Roadrunner like I had Gojira Trivium sure uh, Amity Affliction maybe like one or two others but it's kind of grown like I was doing little I was doing like little Uzi and Meek Mill for a little while oh, nice. um I got Jack Harlow currently which like he's doing like yeah. it's kind of it's kind of wild how how big he's gotten um yeah. I got lights the the, yeah. the um from Canada 
um and then like and then like i do like typo negative like they're obviously not like a current band but like they still like do pretty well like in you know retail and like e-commerce so like there's bands that and then also we do third party stuff it's called which is like they're not signed to our labels we just sign them to merch deals so like i have like highly suspect um under oath oh, i do awesome. yeah stuff like that sure i mean so you know had, uh i mean tommy you want you want to go ahead i was talk? gonna say do you know go joe ahead. lemble yeah. Do you work with him at all? Yeah, dude. He was our merch guy on our last. This feels like so so fucking long ago, but on our last tour, he was our merch guy. Joe Lito. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Joe, yeah. yeah, Joe would have been hired by us to, yeah. And it's oh, cool. yeah. like the dudes who who the dudes who run our touring department. It's funny. One that so the dude who runs it, he he was on Sounds of the Underground Underground that I was on. He was like the he was the Sounds of the Underground merch rep. He was like the guy who was like collecting the merch fee every night for like for the tour. So I met him on that tour and I didn't even realize when I like got hired that he was like on that tour. One of the other dudes sang in a band. Have you ever heard of the band Kofax? Yeah. They were yeah. like on, um, was it Vagrant, I think, or Doghouse uh-huh. or something. Um, so the singer Kofax, he's, he works in the touring department. And then he also, the two of them both like toured selling merch bands. So like, there's like a couple of us like who work there who like have done it, like, like, you know, toured and whatever. So it's kind of like a very, um, a very interesting and small world yeah i mean so we've had artists merch companies photographers booking agents now you a label person who kind of manages merch on the podcast i mean i'd love to just kind of ask a question since this this is it's kind of the way the world turns now (laughs) since everything has changed but i mean how is your company as a whole since the pandemic kind of like changed since all this has started i mean specifically in your in your area i mean have you had to adjust in crazy ways um i mean yeah obviously it's for us, like touring is very big, you know, um, you know, we like, you know, we have like Bono and Pilots and Bruno Mars and Ed Sheeran and Cardi B and like these fucking like touring machines that like right. make a fuck ton of money. You know? So we basically like once, you know, touring went out of the picture, like we just went fucking ham on e-commerce and, um, and like surprisingly, like it seems like it, it did well you know yeah right um you know I, i'm sure i'm sure as a company they probably like i don't know if they lost money but they probably didn't make what they were projecting because touring sure. didn't right. happen but considering touring didn't happen our e numbers okay. were fucking were, were yeah. wild yeah right. it was like like i felt like i was just because like my you know like i'll be there five years in october and like a normal year or like whatever for me is like getting tours ready selling into into retail like license e-com whatever right. like you know yeah you take the touring thing out that's like a pretty big portion huge, of it getting yeah, that shit chunk, ready right. and i still felt like i was just as busy as right. i normally was you know um i think because bands need bands needed money and and there, there it wasn't like we weren't really doing e-com based on like an album cycle because normally yeah. like a band's off cycle you know, they might have some stuff that'll go up in web, but it's not like you're constantly like dropping stuff where it's like a band will go away and it's like, all right, cool. Like, all right. Like now I know like Gojira is going to be gone for like six months to a year. Like I'm like, I don't have to deal with them, you know? Right. right. Not a bad way. It's just like, I know. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have, like, like, I have like 25 or 30 bands in my roster and like, right. you know, they're not all active at, or like doing a cycle at the same time, which if they did, I wouldn't be able to do it, you know? So yeah, it's like, right. I might have like 15 bands who are like current and then like they finished album cycle. So it's like, all right, cool. Like they're, they're over there and now I'm doing this, you know? Um, whereas like there wasn't touring. So like 
everybody's just doing e-com so it's like i feel like everybody was just doing it and like we were getting you know pressure from just like everybody to like kind of really step up the e-com because it was like the only source of income and then it was like you know and then early on it was just like the george floyd stuff happened and like yeah you know and then it was like bands were like you know like we're not fucking trying to push merch right now yeah right terrible terrible look you know so it was like we had this weird little like period where it's like nobody feels comfortable like fucking asking people to buy stuff when the world is just like complete chaos Dude, yeah know? we did we did the same thing we did like a little fundraiser like we had we, like we made shirts like to get some of like our our crew through like you know the yeah. summer so we could like get money and then like like the protest started popping off and i was just like dude we can't like we can't yeah. do this <laughs> i yeah, still had it just didn't, in city. didn't like, matter I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad i didn't have anything serious to push during that time because i know i would have lost yeah. i would have lost a ton of money i mean fortunately like you know we we had some stuff where like you know bands were making crew, like shirts for the to help yeah. pay for their because yeah. like you know most like bands of certain level like they can take off for a year and be okay, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but their crew can't, you know? Right. Tommy, exactly. Tommy can't, you know, like, so yeah. like <laughs> such thing, we had bands who are making crew shirts and then like all the proceeds were, you know, going to them, you know, like it was cool. Like, you know, some were doing, were selling stuff and then donating it to like, you know, um, like Music bail funds or, or like black lives matter or whatever. Yeah. And, and then like, and, and like, it's cool. Cause the label, the label would like, you know, not only would they like wave their, cut that they would be normally taking they would like match which is dope. Sick, donations yeah. and stuff like that you know um but like you know yeah so the early on it was kind of like a weird a really weird time to try to yeah. be like at the beginning a profitable did you company, guys, you know? yeah did you guys have a lot of like printed merch like are you guys still sitting on like printed tour tees or did you guys get through Prob- that, i mean like, yeah that's the thing too selling. because like we had bands that were on tour when like you know so i have um this is weird, but like Dwight Yoakam is one of my artists too, like the country singer. Yeah. And like he, he was on, like we made, um, we made some hats that have like 19 on it for 2019. Oh my God. And then like shit shut down. So it's yeah. like, all right, well now it's 2020 and we have these hats with 19 on it that we can't sell. So then we made like hats that have 20 on it. And then like, Right. you know like, so yeah, like we're right, just like fucking right. like dude like let's just not date anything you know like yeah. um, no more dates but you know like yeah so like there's definitely like plenty of like like i had i had dashboard confessional on tour you know so it's like we definitely had merch with yeah. four dates on it and you know like i don't know at this point like it's such a big company and like it you know it makes so much money and whatever that like yeah, i think they're just like whatever i think they're just a lot, of, like scrap, a lot of scrapping a lot of donating you know yeah. um stuff like Dude, that yeah i <laughs> i put in a merch order like for emo night like i think maybe two weeks before like everything shut down so i'm like fully stocked ready to go like I yeah think i've got like 10k in merch just like <laughs> just sitting in the storage unit yeah it's like so it's tough like because so uh, so speaking of dwight yokum of course with country and and whatever he's like one of the first he's one of my first artists who's like playing like he's uh-huh. he's he's got shows in texas this week oh, so geez. like um lord have mercy yeah, yeah so like we you know we um we we had like a fucking just, we have a, we had like a like a truck full of merch from like his last run that like we're just like sending oh, out <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like please sell it <laughs> stuff that's not dated you know five like, dollars and then, and then like we it. talked i was like yo like i was like we normally would do like a tour shirt for you but like 
I don't know how many of these shows are going to get canceled and whatever. Like it's stupid to put dates on this shit because yeah, they'll just right. become garbage. You know, a lot of bands did, um, did like tour shirts for like e-commerce that was like, had the date like this for that didn't happen or whatever, you yeah. know, like in like the dates, like, and they're like canceled, canceled, Cross you know, like shit yeah. like that. Like, yeah, it was just like, everybody just kind of had to be creative and just try to like, kind of, you know, yeah. and it was funny, like right at the beginning, um, uh, corn, corn, corn and lights both happened to do face masks pre-COVID. Oh, no. oh really? Really? Um, which is kind of which is so, kind of a, pre-COVID is is definitely a rarity here in the states. Like it is not something that is done very often, like at all. Yeah. Um. So when shit happened, like their mask sold well, and then it was yeah. kind of like. Some artists, it was like a scramble to make masks, and yeah. some it was like they didn't feel comfortable making them, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. after after a little while, it was kind of like people were like, "All right, this is kind of like this is the going to be normal." Yeah. yeah. That's the thing I was talking to. People, I was like, "Listen, I was like, like don't think of this as like you're fucking gouging people for like a fucking fad. Like, like people, people are going to be wearing masks for yeah. like a couple years. And it's if they want to be, be like fashionable, that's perfectly yeah. fine. It's going to be yeah. like buying a t-shirt, you know, like, so don't like think that you're looking weird for something, you know, like, cause I, I had some artists who were like hesitant at first and finally it was kind of like whatever. So, but yeah, yeah, that was a big, you know, a big thing. We've probably yeah. sold fucking tons of masks across all of our artists. And You mentioned, uh, you, you have a hand in, in the VIP world as well. So what do you think? post quarantine do you think some of that vip action is going to be a little more limited that's one thing yeah I've been thinking about i don't know man this. i you know I, I think you know there's there's art there's some artists who like who it's funny man there's artists who like uh, wiz khalifa is like a, one of our big ones for vip and like he he does you know a meet and greet and i don't know what it costs whatever but like basically it's just kind of like you walk up and it's like next next yeah, you know yeah, it's right, just a fucking right. they, they call it a, a gripping grin you know like and yeah, it's just like right it's so soulless and just like whatever you know but then like we've got artists who like will do smaller ones and like do play like an, and yeah, kind of like, like acoustic, acoustic set, show you know? yeah um but yeah i think that like for some artists like they're not gonna want to fucking be yeah. around people you know um yeah i don't know i haven't even had any conversations like i've got some artists who are like supposed to be touring in the fall and like I haven't even had any conversations, you know, um, I guess I probably should soon, but like, you know, cause there's, there's some even who prior like weren't super. Yeah. I mean, you know, how, you know how it is like, there's, you know, like you can, you can have like a, a 50 person meet and greet, like, and it's great. And then the next night you can have it too. And there's just like one or two people who are like fucking weird and punishers. And it just like, yeah. Makes you not want to <laughs> do a fucking meet and greet, you know, dude. So yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of bands wind up doing the ones who like aren't super comfortable. I think what they'll do is they'll you know they'll do like a sign poster, like a little merch bundle, whatever, yeah, sure. and then like and then like a group photo or something. Yeah. Or or yeah. like or like hey, you can watch a sound check. Yeah. Or like you can you know whatever. Like so, there's like not like that check. weird like uncomfortableness, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think some I think some bands are still are going to do like virtual meet and greets. That's weird. Which is weird. Oh, like like before a sound check, hop on Skype or whatever. Dude, it's, yeah. 
it's such a weird it's such a weird thing to witness because as a promoter like i have to i have to coordinate those you know the the vip like meet and greets all the time it's it's not that i have to coordinate them i just have to like make sure there's space and you know Mm -hmm. be there at load in to make sure they have everything they need and like witnessing some of them it's Oh god! Oh yeah. my god! It's so Brutal. it's so punishing, dude. It's so yeah, punishing, and, and, and it's and even worse. Got... It's even worse when it's your friends because, like, I've because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you can tell like when they, you see their body language and you're like, you're or somebody you put yeah. on the like, list, yeah, right? Like, like oh, walk fuck. up to him and be like, "Yo, John, what the fuck's going on, dude? Are you? You're it's like, call, just I'm super stoked. Just right call now. their call their phone so they can like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go. Um, but yeah, like uh, we we have we have some artists who like have people like on a blacklist where it's like if this person's name pops up like on the fucking ah. thing like re- refund like put their name on a do not whatever you know like oh my god yeah, yeah. it's weird you know because uh, I remember fucking there was like that girl a couple of years ago who like got fucking killed right or got shot at like a fucking was it a meet and greet or something Christ wow. like there's just like you know there's just yeah there's just weird shit maybe just, we just like, take maybe we just take away meet and greets from now on no more meet it, it, it's, I'm honestly cool with it's, it. It's, it's <laughs> tough because like it's really good money for you know like and, and yeah. there's two there's two schools of thought. There's you know there's artists who are like I'm never fucking charging people to, to meet me. You know yeah, right. And then other people are like I'm not fucking talking to anybody unless you're fucking paying. You know <laughs> yeah, like right. And then there exactly. and, and then there's and then there's a middle ground where like yeah I'll do a meet and greet but then also like if you catch me outside the bus after the show like I'll chop it up with you you know like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that you know uh, I think like these first this year in particular it's going to be a little weird i think maybe after everyone is vaccinated and people start feeling a little more comfortable like it might for, like for me like i was i was never like a germaphobe i was quite the opposite Same. i feel like you know yeah a bit of a, a, bit of a dirt bag so yeah, like i mean as um, as we all kind of yeah are like, from the hardcore. i'm actually like yeah like i'm actually be. getting my second shot tomorrow oh nice and then I'm like getting, and like I'm getting my I'm, second friday baby Whoa. yeah like i'm good like i'll you know i'm ready to go like i'm good to go to, like you know i'm gonna probably like you know new york city is pretty grimy like i'll probably wear a mask on the subway for quite a bit you know and like yeah, and, yeah. And honestly, like, why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah like, just, yeah, like, 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 like fucking, you know, like Asia, Asia's been well ahead of us for years. Where it's like, oh, if oh, you're yeah. sick, like, wear a mask so you don't get other people sick, and yeah. just like common yeah. courtesy, like, who yeah, fucking yeah. knew? You know, like, um, we don't so have I that. S- like, we don't have that same school of thought here in the states, and no, nobody, nobody really, all, nobody really gives a shit about each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I took the train. I, I like went and met. Like, I went out for the first time in like a year, like on Saturday. So, like, I took a train into the city, like, meet some friends for a drink, and like, the train was like pretty. It was pretty bumping on the train. People yeah. were wearing masks and stuff, but it was right. like I expected it to be like not as crowded. It was like, and then I went to the Lower East Side and like every place that had like outdoor seating and like what it was like. It it looked like a summer day, like it looked like a summer day in New York, like a summer weekend in New York City. It was just like everything was kind of popping off. Dude, and I was like, oh, we're back. <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> let's talk about this for a second, and then we can kind of start to wrap up here. But <clears throat> I mean. I was kind of thinking about this myself this week. You know, you mentioned like going out and seeing people in the Lower East Side just like packed out everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a venue owner here in the Midwest. You know, I was kind of like planning out the fall and everything. And I mean, we had the conversation about, you know, how big of a need there is going to be for entertainment. I mean, do you think we're going to go through like a huge like renaissance in terms of like people going out and experiencing things this next year? I think so. Yeah, I think um, I think when like tickets, for shows go on sale like i mean because there's there's definitely people who are like i'm not ready and yeah, i'm not going to be ready right. and there's other people who are like i'm fucking dying to go to yeah, a show you know so right. i think like i think like clubs are going to just have shows like every night 
and like they're gonna all gonna be like very well attended if not yeah. you know like yeah. i think it's gonna be like a real like yeah i think people are gonna be just fucking dying to get out there and like from what i understand like like i have a friend who works for aeg and he was like we're like we're like september like we're going yeah. arenas yeah. clubs theaters like we're going you know like i like i live around the corner from uh barclay center like the arena in brooklyn sure. and i've seen shows announced for the September. fall there yeah we're coming yeah. yeah so like i think that like and i you know you know how it is with the fucking like in my opinion i think like come july 4th because america is america like i think it's just going to be like it's going to be a free-for-all whether whether yeah. we should be or not it's going to be a free-for-all from july 4th onwards you yeah. know yeah um and i think like you know and i think by then anybody who wants to get vaccinated probably will be you know yeah right (laughs) and then people who don't like maybe natural selection will take take (laughs) part you know or maybe her or maybe herd immunity will have kicked in and and they'll be and they'll be okay you know i don't i fucking dude i just hope it's over soon like i i'm with you like i've I've definitely been cautious and like we've talked about it a lot on the podcast obviously because it's like our everyday lives you know but yeah i've got tickets to a cardinals game at the end of this month so like Same, I'm, yeah, I'm going I, like I'm, i'll be fully vaccinated by then you know yeah. i'm gonna wear and my I, mask and, and like i'm gonna and go that's like a like, fucking massive baseball stadium that's like is it are, are they like is it limited capacity or is I think it it's like, like 50, i think it's like 15 percent so it's like okay, not yeah even, it's yeah, like thirteen thousand like no people and like a forty thousand person yeah. yeah like you could like not be row. near anybody crazy. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah yeah like i'm going to do the nets play in like two weeks um and same thing. It's like they're allowing like two thousand fans or something. Yeah. It's like a twenty thousand person thing. Yeah. And I'll also I'll also be like back then too. Um, nice. But like, fuck, I forgot what I was saying. You, what did you say before that? Okay. Oh, no, oh, no. oh sorry. No, because I was saying like I've been very yeah I've been very cautious. Just you know because I don't want to fucking die. Yeah, and also like I, I have a kid who goes to school, and it's like yeah, right. So like everybody who has a kid in school, like just just think about like, you know, like, okay, like I'm only like, you know, like maybe I see my parents a couple of times. Like we go see my wife's dad a couple, you know, here and there. And then like, we share, we share a nanny with like our friends. So we see them, you know? Right. So it's like, all right, there's that. Then it's like, yeah, you got there's fucking 15 other kids in school that like they each have their thing too. So like the, the amount of people who are like whatever and the kids crossing, whatever, it's like, I can't believe like like we've gone this whole year and they've been good like there we haven't had any issues at at his school like the kids are good about like wearing masks and stuff which is like hilarious because like my kid's fucking gonna be five in July and he like will wear a mask all day like running around playing basketball like being a maniac and he's fine and then there's yeah. like these fucking mouth breathers who're like I can't breathe yeah dude. I can't wear <laughs> yeah. a mask for fucking twenty five minutes to get my loaf of bread like grow up you fucking losers. Yeah, dude. My mom's a fifth grade teacher back in Omaha. So like, I know that I know that like school dynamic very well. It's been, yeah. it's, it's been kind of like nerve wracking. Like I remember her yeah. going back in August. It was like fucking crazy, but yeah. So we're fucking God, dude, we've been talking for almost an hour and a half now, but I want to finish by talking a little sports. So I just want I just want to mention okay. one thing here because <laughs> I know you're a huge Islanders fan and they're currently sitting in second in the East right now with about a month left in the season. They're doing tied for, they're tied for first, I think. Yeah, yeah. Semantics, though. Yeah, but I mean, (laughs) they're having a much better season than the Blues are. I'll I'll say that. But uh, if they go on to the playoffs, win the Stanley Cup, I'm assuming this would be like peak Travis Riley, right? Because they haven't won a Stanley Cup in like nearly four decades. Yeah, since I was a kid, they they were, you know, they had the the dynasty years. They won four in a row. Um, I think it was 81, 82, 83, 84. I was born in 82, so it's not like I, you know, 
experience it. My actually, it was a funny story. My brother, so my, my brother was born in 81. Um, my parents, my, my dad's a retired fireman. My parents were at like the, my dad's firehouse watching the Islanders in the, in the playoffs in 81 when my mom went into labor with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> They're like crushing, well, my dad's crushing beers and my mom's no. eating pizza at the firehouse watching the Islanders <laughs> and my mom went into labor. <laughs> um, oh shit. But yeah, they, they, they've been bad, you know, like, and, and I, so I was into it when I was a kid. And then when I kind of got into sports, I kind of took a break from sports for a Sorry, when I got into music, I took a break from sports for a while, but I got back in like in 20, 2009, 2010, yeah. I think. And they've, you know, but, but they've been, they've just been bad for a long time. The last couple of years, I mean, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They like got into the second round of the playoffs the year before. So that they've been progressing, but they weren't supposed to be, they were, I mean, they weren't supposed to make, they weren't supposed to be good last year and this year, same thing. I think they just kind of have been surprising people. But, yeah, um, right. but yeah, and this is the, so that they're building a new arena like in Queens for them to play oh, at. Oh shit, hell yeah. Um, so this is like their last, it's really weird. They fucking have, they they played on they played on on, on Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum forever, um, in like 2015 I think they they like left that building and and went to Brooklyn and they were playing at Barclays where the net the Nets play yeah and the relationship wasn't very good the fans didn't like going in because all the people from Long Island didn't want to get on the train to go to Brooklyn right it was more expensive you know yeah what whatever um so then last year or maybe the last two years they started splitting. They, they were playing half their games all back on Long Island again, half in Brooklyn. Oh, dope. And then I think last year they wound up going and just doing, well, they did half again. This year they were meant to go and just play the full season on Long Island. Yeah. And then ne- and then next year the, the building in Queens yeah. will, no, Queens oh, will be Queens, built. Right. So they'll have their own thing. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be their last season in, in this like iconic building that they like won their, well, you got to close it out then, good on that, dude. So yeah, I mean, like you if gotta they, yeah, close it out. And then God I think, if, yeah, by the time, by the time the cup comes, or fuck, I don't. I wonder, like, I wonder if they're if, if they'll allow like full capacity. I mean, uh, they, probably, they probably will. It's Long Island. Long, Long Island's fucking Trump filled. They'll probably. Oh be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, fuck it. Come on in, guys. Yeah, dude. I um, saw it, dude. I was totally off topic, but I saw a Rangers game in Texas the other day, like a baseball game. That full capacity. Dude, I know. I saw the shit out of me. I was like, "What the fuck, yeah. dude? Crazy!" Did you see shit, those videos dude. of that Diplo show in Texas? Like oh. that looked like it. it was supposed to be limited capacity, but it looked like full capacity. Oh. Like, what show was pack, it? No, Diplo. Diplo. Uh, yeah. Oh, we, huge we have um, we have flaming flaming lips. Um, we had them do a week in Oklahoma. At, but with the uh, balls thing, right? He was doing was that? that, wasn't he? Wasn't he doing those balls, like the spheres? Yeah, so like it was like a limited capacity. So it was like, I don't know if it was like a 5,000 room with yeah. like 1,500 people and everybody had their own fucking, oh, like dope. you go in this bubble, they blow it up. And if you have to go to the bathroom, you like like hold up a little sign, they'll come deflate <laughs> your ball, you go bathroom, whatever. But they like sold out a week of shows, like smashed and wow. merch. Like, Fuck yeah, it, Dude, was, it was totally wild. It was like that. every morning, like we get like, uh, e- like emails from that venue for like pouring like um yeah. yeah settlements you know and it was like I hadn't gotten one in fucking a year you know <laughs> yeah. so like I w- woke up to like a settlement from that and like oh shit and then like, like me lips like back, killed it baby. yeah, yeah. It's fucking That's crazy awesome. well dude it's been great having you on the podcast man thanks for coming on and kind of chatting with us tonight well I usually like to like end these up with like a, like a couple quick hitters just like short simple answers so I've got a few yeah. that I kind of like pulled out of my back pocket I'll ask one then Tommy will ask one we'll just rotate Crime in stereo or the movie life? Oh my god! I mean, 
I love both bands, but I can't, like, I couldn't like, you have to, you gotta pick one. I, I'd, I'd have to go with the movie life. Like, okay. just, you yeah. know, yeah. From my, my brother and just kind of like, yeah. that's like family, bro. The people who made me want to, yeah. you know, play yeah. in a band. Yeah. 25 to life or mad ball. Who the fuck would not pick Madball on that? <laughs> Dude, this one's even better. All that war or f- full blown chaos. I'm not really super familiar with either. Oh, come on. Um, I would I'd probably go with all out war though. All right, biohazard or earth crisis? Uh like mu- music like as far as like being able to listen to like albums and stuff, biohazard. Yeah. But as far as like, you know, vegetarianism and whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, like earth, I'll ride with earth, earth crisis, you know? Yeah. Fuck. What's your favorite venue to play in the States? Uh um, you can say the commons. <laughs> they are a little shithole. I'm having a hard time remembering. Oh, it was just like a right. floor. Like it was like a floor, right? Like it was. Just, yeah, like, it, it was, was like a little. Gym. It was a little art space. Had, like, I feel little... like the. I feel like the last like chunk of times we played, we were playing at SoCal. Like so, SoCal. Yeah, cool, yeah. SoCal. So cool. Yeah. I kind of forgot like what that was like, but um, I don't know. Maybe like Chain, Chain Reaction Anaheim was like always yeah. good shows. Yeah. Um, I got to play CBGBs a couple times, and it was fucking like, cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Fuck. Favorite New York Islanders hockey player? Currently, I think um, Oliver Cur- Wallstrom. Okay, current and legacy. I don't know if I really have like like I said, there was such a gap between you know like I was like a kid watching, yeah, right. so like I wasn't like as fully vested as fully, and you know like now I'm just like like too like know too much you know like yeah right. like, I, I can sit here and like tell you everyone's number jersey sure, number right, and like right. you know whatever and stuff like that but yeah i think like currently like oliver wallstrom and then um yeah. i don't know like i have like like matt martin's been on the team since like since i like, kind of got back into it and, like i have one of his jerseys he's not a legacy player by any means like sure. he's kind of like a fourth line like fighter <laughs> yeah, but like right. yeah but he's been on the team for a while so shout out to matt martin all right favorite food in brooklyn um dude i fucking just i live on pizza and bagels like uh, like being being vegetarian like i just like pasta pizza and i'm like a fucking carb machine you know yeah so like i mean the bagels and pizza in new york are just like unbeatable so the walking slice i miss it so much like pretty much every podcast we've had so far i've been like the first thing i'm fucking doing when i'm on the east coast is getting all yeah, of the pizza. Do you have a, a New York a New York slice? Or do you have you been here? I like Joe's or like two boots. Like those are usually we're like near one of those because we're like, you know, there's like the my local my local spot that I get from is is called I mean there's fucking probably seventy five yeah, pieces I imagine. But my local spot is Joe's is really good, yeah. Um yeah. so to rewind real quick, Scraps and Art Attacks, my first band. We we did one album on Triple Crown Records. Um, and when we got signed, the the label owner took us two boots. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrate, baby! <laughs> you get two slices each. Oh, <laughs> yeah. out of ten. <laughs> you know? I, like, I haven't had. Might, fucking... be, might be the only time I've ever been to two boots, to be honest. <laughs> oh really? Per usual, yeah. we're talking about food, and I haven't had dinner yet, so this is coming yeah. at a great time. All right, well, Travis, dude, thanks for coming on, man. This was great catching up, and yeah, no I always, I always feel like I learned so much about like all of our guests when we have them on. It's like a, it's like. 
like a history lesson in like people's lives. I love it. But thanks yeah. for coming on, man. You guys can check us out if you are listening. Get us on Twitter at Left Off Pod, and then on Facebook, just search our name, the Where We Left Off Podcast. Until next time, we will be back. I think we'll be back next week. I think I've got a guest lined up, so hopefully, we get into a better rhythm of getting <laughs> of getting episodes out. But Travis, thanks again, man. We'll uh, we'll hopefully catch up here soon. And Tommy, I guess I'll I guess I'll talk to you next week. No problem. Thanks, dude. Yeah, we'll see you next week, man. Later. Later. And that's our show. If you like what you heard on this episode and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe to our pages. You can find us on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, as well as Spotify. You can also find us on social media, too, at Left Off Pod on Twitter, and just simply search our name on Facebook or Instagram, the Where We Left Off Podcast. See you next time.